It's time for Tales of Terror, only on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. The complex was once more grasped in a mighty earthquake, larger than any of the others before. Byron! Hang on to something, it should pass in a moment. Folks, we just lost all our sensors around the hood. All we have left is a satellite feed, and I can't say how long that'll last. What was the last thing they recorded? What? The sensors. What was the last thing they recorded? I'd be interested as well, Doctor. Give me a second. I needed to... Oh, dear God. Dr. Cross, we don't have time for this. What is it? If this is right, a massive wave of lava has started to erupt from Mount Hood. It's... It's gigantic, like a tsunami of magmas rolling across the land. And it's headed our way. How long do we have? Not long. Half hour, maybe. Maybe less. After that, this complex in Portland will be neck deep in molten lava. I think now would be a good time to leave. We can't. There's still a massive ash storm going on outside. If we try to leave now... Now what's going on? This is Major Courtney. Major, that last quake caused a giant breach in the wall. The infected, they're getting through. There are dozens of them coming in. I don't know how long we can hold out. No, no, no. Stay back, stay back. This is Major Courtney, come in. Someone answer me, damn it. Captain Boyd! Sir! Gather every last man you have and arm them to the teeth. You have to keep the infected from swarming the complex. But sir, we only have five ray guns. We don't have enough to go around. Arm the others with standard weapons, then. Guns, rifles, pea shooters if you have to. Just get it done. Aye, sir. O'Neill, you're with me. Right behind you, Captain. Captain! Let me come. I can help. Until the Major says otherwise, you're still under arrest for disobeying orders. Now get out of my way. You're sending those people to their death. And what would you rather we do, Byron? Surrender the complex without a fight? You need to abandon the complex altogether and try to reach safer ground. This complex was designed to withstand an atomic blast. Trust me, it can stand up to a little lava. Our best option is to repel the infection and shore up the breach. Shore up the breach? (laughs) Do you have any idea just how much lava is on its way? This complex is going to be buried, completely buried along with everyone in it. It'll be like being in a brick oven. You'll be baked alive. Better than abandoning my post and running away like a coward. Dr. Cross, you're with me. But, but, but I'm not a soldier, Major. You just got drafted. Now come on, we have a complex to defend. Uh, uh, yes. Yes, sir. I'll never understand the military mind. Fight to the death for nothing, how bloody typical. So what do we do now? 
Simple. We leave. Thomas? Please, just call me Knox. They used to call me Thomas growing up at the shelter. Never much cared for it. Fine, Knox, then. You said you knew where I dropped my walking stick. Yeah, back on the steel bridge. Why? Is it important? More than you'd imagine. Can you get us back there? We're under attack, you know. And they've already got me for disobeying orders. I'm not looking to adding desertion to that list. Believe me when I say none of that's going to matter shortly. So you have a simple choice to make. Wait here like a good little soldier boy and die along with everyone else. Or come with me and see wonders you've never dreamt of. You're serious. You really think the world is going to end? I don't think. I know. Not as if I have a lot of options here, do I? No, not really. Come on, Knox. Do you really want to die here? Fine. Fine. Never liked being part of the Commonwealth Army anyways. So why did you join? Didn't really have a choice. It was join up or go to prison. I had a colorful childhood. Fantastic. Let's swap tales of our youth later. Right now we need to get out of here. We'll need to get to the garage and grab a jeep. We'll never be able to outrun the infected on foot. It should offer protection from the ash outside. Good. Take us there. Come on. Smoke and red flashing lights filled the air as we made our way to the car bay. The sound of battle could be heard everywhere. It wasn't long before we came across the first of the fallen. It had been Captain Boyd. Oh, kittens. His head. It's... It's... He's been torn apart. The infected don't mess around, do they? I think I'm going to be sick. Keep your eyes out for gargoyles. They could be all over the place by now. Maybe this will help us. Captain Boyd's ray gun still has half its charge. Better get moving before something unpleasant turns up. Or we run into it. This way. The truck bays through those doors. As we entered the truck bay, it became clear that a major conflict had been fought here. Bodies of dozens of soldiers laid upon the floor. Every so often we would also find one of the gargoyles. However, it was more than obvious the gargoyles were winning this conflict. Knox led us to a jeep that sat in the far corner. That was when we ran into our first gargoyle. It was feasting on the remains of one of the fallen soldiers. It had torn the dead man's arm from his body and was feasting upon it like a chicken leg. Oh, kittens. As soon as it heard Sam, the gargoyle's head snapped up. It tossed the arm away and began coming for us. Get behind me! Knox dashed in front of me and Sam. He began shooting the gargoyle with the ray gun. However, it took over a dozen more shots to put it down for good. That was for Captain Boyd. It's okay. I think it's dead. Are you sure? 
Yeah, I'm sure. Time is short. Let's move. As we got into the jeep, Knox started it up. He threw a small switch on the dashboard and a pair of large iron doors on the far side of the bay began rolling back. And as soon as the gap was wide enough, a horde of gargoyles began swarming in. That's not good. Understatement, Mr. Knox. I take it this jeep has four-wheel drive? Yes. Then punch it and hold on tight. Knox floored the gas pedal and the jeep shot off like a rocket. He ploughed into a good dozen gargoyles. For the most part, they did not seem all that interested in us. Their focus was to get into the complex and feast upon what treasure must be inside. One tiny jeep leaving seemed to be of no concern to them, or so I thought. But more on that at a later point. We made it! I don't believe it! We made it! We're not out of the woods yet. Portland is crawling with the infected. Yes, but they don't seem too interested in us. Kind of odd, don't you think? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth, Byron. At least we got out of there. So why do I feel like we've jumped out of one frying pan into another frying pan? Maybe because of that! Knox pointed off to our right. The whole horizon towards Mount Hood was a glowing, brilliant hot white. It was getting brighter all the time. The lava! We don't have much time. It'll be here soon. The steel bridge isn't too far. We'll be there in a minute. Look! I looked over to where Sam was pointing. Where the bright white light had been was now a mountain of rolling lava making its way inexorably. We have to hurry. We only have a few minutes. You're sure this is where the stick was? This is where we found both of you. I'm not seeing it, Byron. It must have been buried in the ash. Possible. But I don't think so. Why not? Look at the indentation in the ash. They're like footprints in the snow. Claw tracks, you mean? Yes, claw tracks. But over here, you can see where they seem to have gathered at some point and dug something out of the ash. Yeah, so what? I think what they dug up was the walking stick. Dug up? By the infected? Get serious. He's right, Byron. The gargoyles, they don't have enough brain power to outwit a dog. How would they even know it was there, let alone dig it up and take it? True. On their own, they wouldn't. Unless... Unless someone told them to take it. The three of us spun around. Behind us was a man dressed in an immaculate white suit. He stood out in comparison against the grey ash that covered everything around us. 
His eyes glowed a bright red, and he was holding Death's walking stick. However, it was his face we recognized immediately. Captain Boyd? But how? You were killed. That's not Captain Boyd, Knox. Anymore. The man looked at each one of us in turn. But when his eyes fell upon me, he smiled. So, you are the legendary Pale Man. I've heard so much about you. I've read one or two things about you as well. I take it you're Ash. I am. Okay, Ash. Or whoever you are. Don't move. Please. Your toy gun will have no effect upon this body. Not now that I have inhabited it. Do you really want to test that? Actually, yes. As a matter of fact, I do. Your call, then. Nox, don't... Nox fired three bolts from his raygun. They slammed into Esh's chest. Yet he had no reaction to the assault. He simply looked down at his ruined suit. Dear me. A suit like this is not exactly cheap. Very hard to find in today's market as well. You know, with the world ending and all of that. Why do you have our walking stick? Oh, don't worry, Samantha Beale. I have no intent of keeping it. I simply wanted to meet the Pale Man before he had a chance to leave. Ash began to walk towards us. From out of the shadows of nearby buildings, numbers of gargoyles came into view. Ash stopped a few feet from me. He held out the walking stick towards me. Here, take it. Thank you. Oh, don't thank me, Pale Man. If it were up to me, I would let my minions here rip you all to shreds. Especially after what you've allowed to happen to Zagon. And this suit. But I have been instructed to let no harm befall upon you. Why do you think your escape from the complex was so easy? You mean... Leviathan wants to keep Byron safe? Leviathan? <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> Leviathan is but a fool. No, Sam Beal, I speak of one far greater than Leviathan. One who shall rule over all worlds. Ah, fun. And just who is that? You should know better than to ask that. Well, it never hurts to try. Now, I think it's time for you to go. The lava will soon be here. You should be gone before it arrives. And what of you? Me? Oh, rest assured, we will see one another again, Pale Man. In fact, I count on it. Now go before I change my mind and kill you all here. Man, what a dick. You can say that again. Somehow, I think our lives just got a whole lot more complicated. Okay, you got your fancy stick. So what now? We have to find the last stone and hopefully stop Leviathan before it's too late. So, it's all real then. That walking stick is going to take us to another world. Another Earth. Yes, it is. Okay, everyone, grab on. What, like this? Yeah, right. And what happens next? Cross your fingers and wish for luck. This is where it gets interesting.
You've been listening to The Byron Chronicles, Season 3, Episode 8, In Fire. Featured in the cast were David Alt as Byron, Natalie Van Sistine as Sam Beal, Darren Marlar as Captain Boyd and Esh, H. Keith Lyons as Corporal O'Neill, Ben Harmer as Corporal Knox, Carl Puder as Major Courtney, Audio Elaine as Dr. Cross, and Eric Busby as The Soldier. This episode was written, produced, and directed by Eric Busby. Sound design by Eric Busby. Music performed by Midnight Syndicate. This is Darren Marlar. You've been listening to a Darker Projects production. This has been a Darker Projects production. Visit us on the web at www.darkerprojects.com. Hello, I'm John Bell of Bells in the Battery, along with my associates, Arnie Kunstbein. I can introduce myself. Thank you very much. All right. Hi, I'm Arnie Kunstbein. That's it. That's it. And also... Do you want me to introduce you, Brad? Well, of course, Mr. Bell. That's your job as host. Thank you, Brad. And I'd like to introduce Brad... Hold it. What? Here's your script. Script? Well, <laughs> you got to know what to say. All right. <clears throat> and introducing Brad Montworth, a salesman, incomparable public relations expert, and, of course, unrivaled attorney at law. No, come on. You know how to say it, Mr. Bell. Unrivaled attorney, attorney at, at law. law. Oh, Mr. Bell, you shouldn't say those things. You make me blush. Can I do my introduction over again? No. We're here for an important reason. Very important. Indeed. If you think you deserve significant financial compensation, call Brad Motworth, attorney, attorney at law. Oh, boy. At 555 No, 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 no. We're here to remind everybody to take steps to avoid the coronavirus. Yeah, don't catch it. Because there's no one you can sue. Wash your hands thoroughly and keep social distancing. What? Social distancing. One more time. Stay about six feet away from everybody else. Right, very good. Oh, I gotta wash my hands thoroughly. I don't want to get me this corona. Ooh, keep your distance now. Socially. I want to keep feeling fine corona. Never gonna stop getting squirts from my Purell. I'm always gonna buy all the toilet paper that they sell. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, corona. Bye, corona. Don't get no closer, huh? Beat it, huh? Far enough where I can't see your eyes, Corona. An illness history is not for me. Uh-uh. Don't want to try your COVID on for size, Corona. Never gonna touch. Stay away. My epidermis never wants to be close to where that nasty germ is. Bye, 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 bye. Woo. Fly Corona. Fly Corona. Captain Fly Corona. Pumpkin Pie Corona. Now wait a minute. Fly Corona. Goodbye Corona. Good riddance.